Mike. Hey, Michelle from TN. Hey. How's it going? Pretty good. How's it going with you? It's going good. Going good. well. Well is good. Welcome to West Coast Project. Halt Thank you. Catch fire. I know. I know. Already episode three. Episode three, second viewing. Yeah. Second, second, whatever. I like, I don't like those dual episodes, Michelle. I like the single ones. Why? How come? We had the name wrong, too. It wasn't Tanya and Nancy. That's next one, 404. This one was called Miscellaneous. Right, right. Do you know why it was called Miscellaneous? Um, I don't know why. I don't know the, the reason why. I could guess why. What's your guess? <laughs> My guess would just be because it was just kind of like a hodgepodge of everything, you know, put together. Like, you know, just little bits of everybody's um, life. So you're saying it was miscellaneous. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea why they called it that. Oh. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I, I think you're right. It is a bit, bunch of uh, different disparate <laughs> little snippets. So, Michelle, I like some stuff in this episode. I like this episode overall. How'd you like it? Um, I, I did like it. I thought it had a couple of really profound uh, thought processes. And I was really... Uh, I love it when I think about a show, particularly a show that we're podcasting, because, you know, we have to watch it a couple times and take notes and do all that. And I love it when I think of it outside the context of podcasting it and just, you know, think about how it relates to life and stuff like that. And I thought they had a couple no, of, really... it's all about the podcast. Michelle. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll bear that in mind from now. First on. of all, you were right about Shep or Shemp or whatever. It's not Chet. I thought, I thought my thing came up as Chet, but it's Shep, Shemp or Shep. Shep. That guy. I thought, yeah. Shepherd probably his name is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't, we don't see that guy very much. It's not important, but. Um, I always like to point out when you're right and I'm wrong, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. It's not Thank quite you. as heroic as Gordon was this episode, but still, you you were right about that. So my bullets in this are kind of like Cameron throwing away her past, but paradoxically having difficulty moving on. So Cameron throws away her past while Donna embraces her past. Uh, and I also think, Michelle, that Donna is headed out and Cameron is headed out from their current situations and they're headed back together. I think the forked road is coming back together. That's interesting. That, that'll be interesting. Is, is there some reason that you're making that prediction or just yeah, feeling? Donna's having trouble at her group and Cameron's having trouble at Atari. They're, they, they're going to want new gigs. They're not happy where they are. And they kind of need. They kind of could flourish together. They kind of all could benefit by the four of them being back together. I think that's what we want. Um, I think it would definitely come full circle if they did that, and I would really, really like that. Although I don't know how we could trust that that it would be like a continuous friendship kind of thing going into the future since they've taken the center of this and turned it into such hostility and everything. But I mean, I, I admit, I would love to see them 
come back together with it. Well, hostility makes you realize how bright the home fire burns. It's really good to go out in the world and you clash with people and you realize, like, wow, my true friends are... Like, I think Donna's totally headed back to this group somehow, one way or another. She's getting she's getting usurped inside her own firm by people that are, you know, hot for new business and headhunting new deals all the time. And she's worried about your, you know, she's worried with Diane for fraternizing with with what's his name? Trip. Trip. Yeah. What stupid name. That guy is a trip. <laughs> um, so she's teed up to be unhappy. Cameron's clearly unhappy. I mean, where else, are they going to go to like another outside group i i hope not i hope they come back in in house and they find a way to however short-lived it might be but find a way to work together again yeah i mean i i just want them to come back together again because you know ever the optimist always wanting you know to see the roses and sunshine but but i just well it won't be roses and sunshine it'll be tumultuous but Tumultuous. Okay. <laughs> Tumultuous. <laughs> but it'll be interesting. You know, that's what we want. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, we do. But let, let me say this. Sometimes roses and sunshine is chaos. You know, it's kind of like when your kids are little and everything is crazy and and all you want to do is like take a bath or, you know, be able to go pee without somebody knocking on the door. I mean, and then when it's over and you look back on it and you realize that was roses and sunshine. You know, that was the good time. So I'm not saying that everything will actually be roses and sunshine, but would be their roses and sunshine, you know, because what they had at the beginning was really beautiful and it was really meaningful. And they did this kind of work that made a difference. And even though it was, you know, they kind of clawed their way through it. What, what more beautiful life could you have? So you're saying taking a pee is roses and sunshine? <laughs> you got to get out more often. Taking a pee alone when you're a mom with littles is roses and sunshine. Can I, I get the, an amen, ladies? I'm I serious. Love the fact, I love the fact that Joe has named this project Haley's Comet. <laughs> it's freaking perfect. No, she named it that. Joe Haley. named it. Joe renamed it Comet. No, she named it was Comet when Haley did it. And Haley said that, you know, it's like because Haley's Comet. She said that in the last episode when she I was showing Joe it to Gordon. Named it. I thought Joe. He did. And Joe's not that into it. All right. I well, I might have to issue a correction next week, Michelle, but I'm sure as hell not going to do it till I prove that I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. Um, anyway, somehow I picked up that Joe, Joe did that. Uh, what else? So I love Gordon being an awesome freaking dad. He is a heroic a dad and daughter heroics here. Dad to daughter heroics. I love Gordon in this episode. He is a really in touch father. He really is. He, I loved, I loved it last time where he was scolding Haley until she broke down. And then he's like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Because he realized, you know, as a parent, I can't allow her to do this. But at the same time, once she broke down, he realized how much more was actually going on with her and that he needed to, you know, do something about that. I, I completely love him as a parent. I think they're showing Donna as being almost absent 
as a Gordon was also a great dad to Cameron by by uh, proxy here. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was two touching moments. that When he says that to Cameron, that we'll get to in a little bit, and um, there was another time. Oh, when Donna's given that speech, I literally teared up, literally watching this show, and it was like, wow. And I just want to say, you know, episode three, we're on our last season. They have, they are, seem to be, wrapping this thing up you know it's it i i I don't think it could be any more perfectly bound together if they're able to you know finish it i mean because it really was a, a technological boom uh the internet and the becoming of it and they've just like kind of it feels like they've just kind of encompassed the whole thing you know, well, I mean, they've, from measured, to they've end. measured the story to really match the personalities and the technology. The effect of the technology is minimal compared to the personalities and the personalities in this drama are like just right. You know, it's not overwhelming one one or the other. It could be I it agree. could be very sterile with just the technology because it's exciting technology. You know, it's an exciting historical time if you're a computer geek, but they're but they're measuring it out just perfectly with the people. And the, and then the right sprinkling of technology. I I completely agree. I just think that they're just spot on with every like timetable that they're hitting with the advancing of the character too. I I like how they're showing Cameron and Joe being Cameron and Joe now. They're still the same people that they've always been, but they're like this deeper kind of uh, person. They're together now. And they still have the annoyances and quirks that seem to be, you know, a part of who they are. So they haven't just, like, changed these people to stick them together. But it seems like they're embracing their annoyances and their quirks in themselves and in the other person instead of letting it make them bitter like it did the first time they were together. I don't know if they're going to end up together. I mean, you know I'm pulling for it. But I think it shows profound character growth. And I mean, like in a human being, not their character, but to be able to realize the importance of things, you know, Joe's like, you know, unpack and Cameron is, you know, just spilling stuff while he's and they're laughing about it and they're able to go on about their business. Yeah, they're adults. That's what I kind of called last week. So starting out, Cameron's taking a bath at Joe's house, kind of thinking of the past. And we get a we get a flashback to the scene in Japan where Cameron breaks up with Tom or tells Tom the truth that results in their breakup. Tom accuses her of being in love with Joe. And she's at this point, she's denying it. Um, And then she walks around Joe's apartment, just kind of reflecting on her life, seeing Joe through the pictures with him and his dad and the Updike book. And she's. She is falling in love with him, even though she says he's impossible to love. She's found a way to love this guy. Well, she says he's empty, and he becomes what his circumstances need him to be. And then, you know, we're going back and forth, and she is. She's going through his apartment, and she's saying he's not empty. You know, she's she's finding these mementos that he has as part of his life, and she realizes that he's not an empty human being. He's just maybe has been a closed off kind of human well, being. Well, truth is the way that we see the world, and that's how she saw him before, not necessarily the way it really was. 
Yeah, I don't think she saw him like that at all. I think that was just her excuse to Tom. I didn't see that that she was particularly hurting at that time or anything. You know, I just felt like that they came together. Well, she's called I'm, Joe empty before. He's just a he's just a deal making monster. She's thought of Joe that way before. That's because she had limited it information. Well, right, but she says that there's no loving him. He's impossible to love because he's empty. And I'm just saying that that statement's not true because I think we've known that she's loved him from the beginning. Well, I think she's being honest with Tom in that scene. I don't think she's lying to Tom. I don't think she's seen yet why Joe is lovable at that point. She's, it doesn't she's matter, been lust with him. She's like likes him and she's attracted mm. to him. I don't think it, I don't think there has to I think that's one of the things that we tell ourselves, you know, like why do I love this person? And of course you should be able to come up with stuff, but the heart wants what the heart wants, you know, and and it sometimes there is no logic to it. And I don't think she's well, telling That's how it always is. Not sometimes. Well, sometimes there's logic, I think. I think sometimes, you know, people are so good to you and they're such good, genuine people and they're they're humanitarians or whatever that you love that in a person. But sometimes if you can't find anything in the person to love, you still love the person, you know, because it's just it's just your attraction or your feeling or who knows what. All right, so Gordon stops by, and this is the second time now he's find he's found Cameron, or Cameron, not second time he's found her, but second time Cameron's been in kind of compromising sleepover presence mode. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's surprised to see her there, and um, Cameron just says, Joe's at the office. Boom, slows, slams the door. <laughs> she's funny had, how Now she's upset was. both Gordon and Donna with her being there in the morning at places. Yeah, but well. Gordon has no right to judge her, I don't think. He's like, he comes down hard on Joe pretty soon, but no, what's that's not his just, call. Well, and I agree. I agree, actually. That's funny because um, Mike and I were talking about that. But uh, it's really not Gordon's business <laughs> that Cameron's with Joe in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, you know, that's his friend. I think Joe is like genuinely. Don't you think Joe and Gordon are genuinely friends? At yeah, this Joe. Point? The, Gordon's like I said last time. I don't know which episode it was, one or two, but he doesn't want Joe's heart to be broken by Cameron. And I think he thinks at this point she's playing fast and loose with Joe's affection. Yeah, I think he thinks they're bad together. One way or another, I don't know if he blames Cameron more than he blames Joe, because surely the friendship he has with Joe, he knows him. But I think that he just thinks they're not they're not good for each other. So we get right to that scene. Joe's trying to make a deal with MCI to, to give them more bandwidth and pay more and get more bandwidth and can't do it. And um, he apologizes to Gordon for not helping sooner with that crisis, that whole thing. And Gordon just says, let's sell out before everything this value of the company just goes to zero and then he says Cameron and you are like two trains headed together with uh, dynamite on board um, and then Joe and Joe admits it yeah Joe he sees says, Haley's comment on the computer screen he does and he's like what is this he's obviously impressed so that's the credits going back after the credits at home 
Uh, this is where Joe and Cameron kind of play around at first, but it looks like it could implode a little bit here at first. He gives her headphones as a gift to wear so that she can play her game without the volume way up, bothering him. <laughs> they kind of playfully mock each other's lifestyle and that, I, you know, I, I think it was pretty bad at first, but it was, they were kind of mocking each other all along in a friendly, loving kind of way. Yeah, something that I think would have, the first time they were together, turned into hostility, they were able to kind of maybe just put the importance in its place, I felt like, with yeah, this. Yeah, it's real now. They have true affinity. They're really connecting. Like, cheese eggs, Michelle. Cheese eggs in a cup. In a microwave. Even And what even a- the lighting in the scene is kind of warm and glowy, and it's made made to look lovey-dovey. All right, so Michelle, what's the company? A, a geek, a geek, ag, ag, k, whatever. How do you pronounce that? <laughs> um, yeah, I think they called it a geek last time. A geek. I don't. So I don't. They have the, far, they have the Stussy Lot secretary. It looks like they're running the front desk there. They have a what? The Stussy Lot secretary. Oh, yeah. From Fargo. Yeah, that's right. I didn't catch that. You know me, just trying to weave every podcast we have back into one. That's pretty theme. good. But yep. no, that's that's not true. It's just it's just uh, another Asian woman. So I th- but the timing would be pretty close, right? Somewhere in the nineties. No, yeah, two thousands. I can't remember. By I the way, Fargo, another another channel on the West Coast Project vast network of podcasts. Yep. Yep. Trip's playing a guitar that's been gifted to him, Michelle, and tells Donna that he's checking out Spyglass about licensing the Mosaic Code. No, Spy Ga- Spyglass wants to license the Mosaic Code, and they should get in on it. They should, if Spyglass needs money, they should be the one to give them the money. So, what do you think Trip's deal is? He's a player. What are you, you think he's a hustler? He's going to glom onto any and every deal and make it his. Get credit. Get. I want part of that. That's a winner. He jumps on the winning team. He wasn't okay. inter- interested before, and now he's budging in. Yeah, I, I. Do you think he dislikes Donna, or do you think he just steps on anybody that gets in his way? Or no, it's not Donna. It's like his mo. Donna I think is, he. Donna I, is I think not he likes person. her. I think he might like her. Well, who wouldn't? Hot, <laughs> hot single woman, kind of like, kind of appear to him. He's yeah, not but doing she's this, horrible. He's not doing this to be attractive or getting close to Donna to tag team. He's doing this for the deal. Well, why is he in a room playing the guitar? What's the point? I mean, you know, he just makes that comment about Spyglass, but what's the point? Because he By wants way, in on the deal. Well, I mean, he he doesn't ask her to get in on the deal. He's a partner as much as she is. And even Diane admits a little bit later that he's got a leg up in the company just by virtue of being a man. But He's a 22X closer, Michelle, not just a man. Oh, okay. It's true. He closed a deal and made 22 times its investment. That is something. He 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 want maybe he likes Donna, maybe he's trying to schmooze her, but he needs he doesn't just say I'm part of this deal now, accept it, bitch. Like he wants Donna to buy in a little bit. He's better off if she's friendly with him. So he's you know, he's te- he's trying to tag he's trying to partner with her. He's trying to get his foot in on this deal. 
Okay. Okay. I guess I can see that. I just don't really know why you would take the guitar in there unless you're just schmoozy or something. Yeah, it's it's friendly. Hey, look what I got. This guitar, you know, Richie Zambora. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. She calls him that, but that was funny. So um, back at Kalanick, Gordon signing off the deal for selling Kalanick. So they're going to be done with that. See, this this is all this road coming back together for them to work together. Kalanick's not going to interfere. Pilgrim's not going to interfere. Whatever Donna's firm, Geek Geek Co. isn't going to interfere. They're going to need to be together, I think. Um, Well, okay. You can shit on it if you want. I'm calling it. That. I'm saying I hope, and I'm telling you not to get my hopes up. That's all. Joe tells Gordon their big appointment's about to come in. So Joe and Gordon sit down. First, a car pulls up, and you see this blue size four tennis shoes step out. Right. That was funny. Their eleven o'clock appointment is Haley. Um, yep. What's their What's their last name? Gordon and Donna. Oh gosh, yeah. I'm on the spot. I can't oh, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Haley is the 11 o'clock. This, this scene rocked Michelle with Haley sitting in the power chair waiting for offers with her tennis shoes, soda pop, and what, Necco wafers it looked like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the same ones we talked about last week. And uh, Joe, it comes down to the fact Joe, Joe loves it. He agrees, or he offers to buy it for 20000 and develop it into a bigger site. And Gordon's like, whoa, ho, hold off. What are you doing? Well, that here? was crazy. Okay, let's talk about that. First of all, their name's Clark. I can't believe I couldn't remember that. Took me a second. Um, yeah. What did you think about the way he was doing that? You know, this this was like it felt really like they obviously Gordon and and Joe hadn't had any conversation about this beforehand, and it was really funny. Like Joe is treating her like an adult, right? And of course, Gordon still sees her as a kid, and. Just the stuff he was offering and the way he was. Well, what? that provided two interesting elements to make this scene more fun and interesting than it would have been if, like, okay, Haley, I know you're still a freshman in high school or whatever she is. Treating her like an adult business partner was very, very smart, I think, of Cantwell and Rogers here. The way they wrote it was brilliant. Because that's probably what Joe would have really offered, a real, a real prospective partners 20k and it makes us remember that joe is a steamroller he goes right to the point and right for the throat of the deal regardless of who is in on the you know the details is his partners or the other side and he stuns Haley with this offer of twenty thousand to develop the site well yeah that but also he is it also shows us that he I think really sees her as somebody else. And he doesn't put like this limitation on her that Gordon has on her, which is interesting to me. I thought that was one of the more interesting things in the show. It's not, it's not Haley. It's Joe. This comment is not about Haley. It's about oh, absolutely. Joe. Absolutely. So Gordon pulls him outside and is like, what are you doing? God, she's only worth like 5,000. <laughs> well, we he actually says a, I thought you were going to give her like a blockbuster gift card or something, you know. And Joe is like really offended. He's like, you would want me to do that to your daughter? 
And it's just really cool because we also have to remember that Joe doesn't have kids and they, we haven't really seen him around kids or anything. And, you know, when somebody looks kind of grown and, you know, he's just treating her kind of grown. And I think it's just a really cool scene. So Haley all righteously crushes Gordon's head with her fingers. Um, you were right. Which te- shows she is still a kid, right? She tells him she doesn't want money as long as she gets out of school for one class and can count it as a class credit. She just wants to work on it. And Joe because right away she says, loves deal. It. <laughs> That's all. Deal. You want that? You got it. Right. And grinning and everything, you know? And I mean, it's really, really cool about that. I just, I, I love that. He's already set up a server for it. Like, he's done all this stuff without asking, like, permission. He asked for forgiveness after. Yep. All right, so we jump to a technical conference. Um, Donna's whining to Diane about Trip, who is just trying to weasel his way into the pro- to the browser. And uh, Diane's right; she def- she defends Trip, and kind of for the first time, yeah. Well, and, he, and she kind of hints at what you're hinting at, like, well, maybe he just wants to work. She's smoothing over troubled waters. That's her job, is whatever senior role she has in this in this a, a geek firm. <laughs> She's got to have people getting along and not fighting with each other and snipping. Sniping at each other behind their backs is not good. And that's Donna's high schooling it with Diane here. Behind she really, back. right, right. She is. And I don't know if you noticed or not either, but it seems like, I mean, she is like drinking in every scene that we see with her. It seems like lately. So I'm wondering if that's going to end up being a problem even because i mean she just seems like out of control kind of Uh, it's just a little white wine yeah so donna sees a panel for another part of the conference future of internet gaming and cameron is part of that group uh so she goes in there and asks asks a, a common group question of cameron tell us the relationship between creators and the and the people on the business side and Cameron just says, well, that you got the host and you got parasites and the financiers are the parasites. And Tripp's watching this from the back of the room. So uh, this seems very contentious between Cameron and, and Donna, but I think it's a setting. It's a setup for their reunion, setting the stage for them to come back together. OK. You don't? Um. I don't know. I feel like they, they keep touching upon it. You know, we keep having Donna and Cameron. I mean, this is the second time so far this season that they've spoken. And both times was like really, really weird. Yes, I do think that I think it would be a ridiculous waste of energy to have them having any contact at all if they're not going to come back together in some way. So, yes, I, I actually agree. I don't know how hostile or unhostile it'll be or what exactly will bring them there i have hope of what will bring them together but sometimes michelle the stage to resolution the the path to resolution is putting all of your differences out on the table i agree with that uh so donna now goes in back to work and creates another scenario for the reason she's going to be out of this. I think she's out of this company, man, is she rips the Rover group for being late on everything and not knowing the importance and then rips Tanya and Boz for not managing, managing them effectively. Yeah, but she's, she's just horrible. Okay. She's just being absolutely horrible. You're right. She's like the mean girl in high school. And then she goes in there and she's just, 
she's, you know, I mean, she does that and she does it all the way through this episode a couple of times where she talks like this and she's, I mean, she's just like, everything's through gritted teeth and that's how she's speaking to Boz and Tanya. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. She's doll, being completely unrealistic. Parts. By the way, another she, thing I was wrong on last week, God, I'm a freaking idiot. I was calling it doll, doll eyes. It's doll parts in the whole song. Doll parts. She's got doll parts, but I'm gonna com- I'm gonna compliment Donna big time later on. I think she is a really good manager. She's just in turmoil for trips stepping on her territory and her finding her place in this firm. And I- no, I call BS on that. She's in turmoil from the get go. The girl's been in turmoil from season one over one thing or another. You don't get to be in turmoil over everything, even if there's turmoil around you. you somehow learn to function. Within that, she, she always... does find that though. She does ultimately she? finds it. Okay, I think I'm, so. Uh, well, I mean, you have I mean, to point it have, out to me. She may have damaged it so far that she. And I'm I'm kind of proving my case and then undermining it here by this statement, but she she, um, she creates this turmoil that m- makes it look like she's really out of this firm. But then she does. I think she really pulls it together at this party. But um. We'll see. So we'll see, I guess, in future episodes. Um, Joe Gordon and Haley go to talk about the uh, website at Gordon's house. Uh, and I have in my notes, Joe has renamed it Comet. So Joe calls it Comet. It was called Comet, I promise. Joni disses it. Stupid Joni's name. ugly. What's wrong with She's her? She's just a 15-year-old. Oh, baloney. No, we can't get away with that just because you're 15. That's nonsense. She's actually she older is than like, that. If, if Haley's 14, she's probably, what, 17? I don't know, but she's so unpleasant. Everything, you know, she's everything about her. She's a teenager, though. Come on, Michelle. Someday you'll have no. kids and you'll know. Oh. <laughs> Michelle has had three daughters. I've never been married, never had kids. <laughs> In real life. So um, Haley has some suggestions about the website and uh, suggests they divide it into multiple websites and or multiple categories. But Joe says, no, that's not that's going to ruin the personal touch of it. And Haley backs down right away. She's super smart, but she's really kind of low in self-esteem. She's 14 and she's talking to this business dude. So that may not be low self-esteem, but she doesn't really have a lot of confidence to say, I really believe this. Well, I mean, you know, how how would you against the guy who invented the antivirus? Well, your dad did, but you know what I mean. I mean, how how would you? She's perfect with that. I think that's completely reasonable that she would be that way. I really like how Gordon boosts that self-esteem up later. He's just a great dad in this episode, man. He just he he's kind of been a uh, Maurice <laughs> in other aspects of the show in previous episodes, previous seasons. But he's, you know, kind of a kind of a loser but he's really good he shines in this episode i agree uh and while they're doing all this porn falls into Haley's hands and she plugs the link in and doesn't know what it is that's pretty funny yeah well yeah it was because you know like who would even be thinking well, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I'm as naive as Haley, but who who would even be thinking about porn when the internet's kind of first online? But I don't know. But Gordon is in the other room and he's doing everything. He's like going through brochures. He's doing his best to distract 
he wants to distract. I'm not sure if it's Joe, but I know it's his daughters. He really wants to distract Haley in particular, I think, from doing this. He wants to find something else. He's talking about how she had a paper on stalactites or, and, you know, wouldn't she like to go spelunking and that kind of thing. So it was really interesting how much he was trying to pull her away to get her out of this, I guess maybe because he knows how cutthroat and hard it is. And then, you know, but her passion doesn't waver with it. Uh, so, next scene is at the Egg Geek Company. Donna sees Diane and Richie Sambora talking, and she complains about about him to her. And um, and this is where Donna really scolds her about it. Yeah, Donna falls. Uh, falls I mean, a Diane little, sorry. Yeah. fails a little bit here, but um, she makes everybody. She finds out she's made one of the Rover team members cry. Probably the pregnant girl, huh? It was, yeah. Damn pregnant women can't take their own, take, can't take their medicine. <sighs> um, we jump from that to the people from Cameron's group telling her, the, this exa- I guess Atari, telling her that somehow the electronic, mag- electronic gaming magazine has gotten a copy, published a scathing review, and that they're not going to release the game the way it is. Right. So. They're going to revamp the game. Which essentially means they're going to do what they want, I think, with the game. And she didn't really have any say on it. Cameron's always getting her stuff revamped. Yep. Retold. She doesn't like that. No, we know how much she hates that. I'm still not sure if that game sucks, Michelle, or if it's just ahead of its time. It's kind of a, an anti-Doom, anti-first-person shooter, blood em up blow em up It's kind of a thinking game. Is it ahead of its time, or does it just suck? Well, like, what was that video game that came out a few years ago? It was called, I don't know, Life something? or Last of Us? Yes. It, it, it kind of reminds me of that. That's what I mean. Is she way ahead of her time? Or is she, like, just not, she's not pulling it off in this contemporary 1994 era of first-person shooters? Yeah, I I think that's a great question. I think that, you know, I'm not sure if she's ahead of, well, maybe, yeah, ahead of her time. But, you know, the the shooter stuff had to come in first. And then the people who are not into that maybe are kind of into the other kind of just, you know, go about discovery kind of video games, so to speak. I don't know. What do you think? Well, you're a gamer, Michelle. Which ones do you like? <laughs> oh, sorry. Not me. I don't know. I think she's ahead of her time, but maybe that's still not good for a game developer to be too ahead of their time. That doesn't mean you're successful. Oh, you gotta yeah. match. you got to mesh and match with your time. Absolutely. I really like these next two scenes, though, at Gordon's and Donna's houses, the party, and then Gordon talking to both... Haley and Joe and Haley. So Gordon now suggests to Joe, like, hey, I want to cut Haley out of this and protect her from it. Her her website, just you should take it, develop, pay her for it, develop, develop it yourself. Um, and Joe says, no, no, I want to work on it together. And Gordon's really protecting Haley, just pointing out to Joe that, dude, you, you just, you find out what's right for yourself and not the other parties involved with you. Then you just push ahead and steamroll them. You know, you're 100 miles an hour when you did that with Cardiff and Westbrook, and Haley's not ready for this. And then he turns around and sees Haley over overhearing this. 
But I think that's fair. And I'm glad he said that to Joe. Not that he wants to pull Haley off, but I do think it's fair for him to voice those concerns, knowing what he knows about Joe. Yeah, and they really have Haley looking like a 14-year-old kid here, right? She's in her whatever Levi's jumper and her... No, she just looks like a little girl. They remind us that she's 14. Right. So um, then at Donna's house, she has a party now to kind of re-smooth over this uh, conflict she's caused at a geek. So she invites Tanya Bosworth and the development team to her house for dinner. And um, she kind of, I don't know, she kind of weasels with Boz like, hey, hit me up directly if there's ever trouble. Like you get word inside word, give it, get, let me know. Like g- right. give me this gossip first. And Boz is looking at her like, what? And also, let's point out here because you know we you've kind of got a, this bug in my ear now that uh, Tanya brought her the magazine that Trip sent to Donna that had the article about Cameron's game bombing. Yep. So that was kind of interesting too because you could see. I don't know. I don't think Donna liked that. She seemed like distressed. No, she was she was disappointed for Cameron, not gloating like, oh, good, absolutely, bitch, yeah, Yeah. right. But uh, she asked Boz like, just tell me if there's ever any trouble. Like she's heading it off, but I think she wants to know before anyone else. And then there's a whole series of lame hugs and non-hugs as people come to this party. Yeah, and the where you don't know whether you should hug or do the handshake, and it's all that awkwardness. But everything about her is awkward and fake in this scene until she gets to the part where she gives the toast. Everything. Yeah, but she manages this, manages this party magnificently. She she tries to do what's right. It doesn't work, and she pivots and figures it out and does manage this party very well. I think she accomplishes in this party with what she started out to do. But we'll get to it. So there's a little scene here with Cameron and Joe first. They they talk about the bad review and how Atari's going to fix the game and change it and probably make it more violent. Right. And Cameron thought it was good enough at the time to leak it to the people at the magazine. And Joe just tells her, you're full of ideas. Just move on. And yeah, he's great supportive. I mean, great. Yeah, and for all we see about Cameron, like, throwing away her past and moving on, she tells him that she has difficulty moving on. Right. But he tells her, now see, here's another one. Here's another one that kind of reiterates what you were saying. He tells her to start fresh. So, okay. So now Joanie, Joanie, Joanie joins the party. Joanie joins the party. Monkey. She, Donna calls her monkey. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Donna's uh, stumbling along a little bit and tries to break the the mopey attitudes of everybody by breaking out the tequila, Michelle, starts pouring shots for people. Yep. And Donna says when when the girl declines, Donna says, no, no, it's not your not your decision. Everyone has to drink unless they're pregnant. (laughs) And then they find out awkwardly that that girl Vera (laughs) is pregnant. Yeah, she's forced to tell, even though they obviously didn't want to. So right there, she's at a pretty low spot. Like, she's got this team that she's, like, ripped at work. She's now ripped them at a party. <laughs> she's in a pretty uh, unescapable, inescapable position, but she manages her way through this, like, really well. And she's got Joni there. She gives a, a great heartfelt toast about children. 
how to kiss that baby every chance you get. This even makes Joni start to to cry in addition to you, Michelle from Tennessee. I know. Yeah, it was really that was really touching. She did really good because she was being herself, I think, in place of being this executive that she kind of feels like she has to sashay into. You know, we saw that for the first time in I think it was last season when she got invited to Diane's house when Diane invited her and Cameron to go to her like lake home or something to, uh, you know, to mend their fences and Cameron wouldn't go. And so Diane went alone and she's, you know, we saw this side of her in that, just in that one little area, but she's like putting on Diane's cashmere and, and I actually liked your doll eyes analogy of her because I think she does have doll eyes. They're vacant. Doll parts. Yeah, but I like the eyes. I I liked how you said it. I thought that was perfect because there's just nothing there with her in this until she tells this toast. And I think we see some authentic Donna, the Donna that used to be like this good, loving mom that was trying to take care of everything, you know, that's important. And then she became her own self. Yeah, a manager has to has to deal with unexpected crises, and this she's she's caused a couple crises, but she navigates them and she deals with it like supremely well. I, I think she rocked it. She's a great mom and a great manager. I I'd hire her in a second to be in a company if I had a need for a person like that. Okay. Um, and I think also this party really needed Joni very much because Joni was the catharsis that helped Donna. And the and the newly pregnant couple see, like they knew Joni was the daughter, and they saw her tearing up, and the they saw the mom. I mean, it was really just kind of a cool mother daughter and mother about to be mother and daughter relationship. Yep. All right. Uh, Gordon finds Cameron playing Doom, and <laughs> challenges her. And in their w- office, yeah. While they're playing, Cameron sees something in this game that she thought, you know, like first-person shooter, okay, kind of kind of dumb. But she sees there's something cathartic, and um, that was kind of interesting. And then, then Cameron and, and Gordon have a really good talk about being divorced. <laughs> they're, they're both divorced. It's, hard, it's weird thinking of them that way, but they share that in common. And um, then he talks, starts talking about daughters. Um, Cameron is the daughter of a guy that she doesn't have around anymore. And Gordon, fortunately, has Haley around. And he can work to make her life better and support her and right. um, protect her. And he tells Cameron about this. I'm reluctant to let Haley work on this. And she asks him if he's jealous of it. And he says, maybe. I mean, it's really interesting to see Gordon respond to this interaction with Cameron. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting, too, because Gordon's, I think his conversation with Boz, you know, Boz is saying, I'm 65, this can't be my last thing. And then Gordon's realizing that there is another generation now coming up behind him who have the smarts and the vision that maybe he doesn't have. And I'm sure, I mean, you know, I'm at the age of my life that I see that kind of stuff. And it is kind of eye-opening to do that. It's really something that you have to embrace or fight. And I think he's kind of struggling with that a little bit, but it was telling to me when Cameron was like, you know, Haley won't have, she doesn't have to turn out like me. And that was as, as much as Cameron, Cameron's character aggravates me. I thought that was one of the saddest 
things in the whole series so far. That that's her. Yeah, but it teed up. It teed up what happened. I mean, Gore- yeah, I know. Cameron points out that it's really unusual for a daughter to want to hang a teenage daughter to want to hang out with her dad, and then Gordon at the end says, "You'd you'd be a good daughter." You know, you'd be a great daughter from a dad's point of view. I mean, they needed... I just got chills just saying that. Oh, it was perfect. (laughs) That's what I mean. It was really, really like, uh, I don't know, circular or complimentary. It was a complete circle from one going to the other and the other realizing it from their side, too. Well, yeah, because he says that he'd be proud if his girls turned out like her. I mean, and he just kind of goes, hey, Cameron... You know, like as an afterthought when he's carrying that box out that Joe forgets to take home. But she's stunned. And you can tell that it really means a lot to her. So I, I, I just thought that was great. How did you like, the, I, how did you like the Haley's comment, letterhead? Uh, the, it, it was very 90s. What'd you think? I thought it was cool. At the very yeah. end of that scene, they pan down to the tabletop and there's a red comet blazing across the page i also wanted to point out here yeah yeah i mean it was very stereotypical they've they've got that down you know with the 90s website kind of stuff i thought really really well but i thought it was interesting how cameron was pointing out that gordon was maybe a little jealous but i think at the same time cameron is a little jealous too of uh you know the relationship oh absolutely she misses her dad sure and but that gives gordon the chance to kind of step in and be her dad for a second yeah yeah you'd be a good daughter you'd be a great i mean to hear that from an older guy that is like her her dad's age pretty you know maybe a little bit less than her dad's age but it's it's very cathartic i think for cameron to hear that i agree so she gets the box of crap from Tom, and not only does it get run over, it gets run over by a freaking semi, Michelle. I mean, <laughs> it does. I mean, the box lands. It's perfectly in good shape. You think when the box lands, you hear the thud, like, oh, that's going to be broken shit all over the road. But it's like in perfect shape. And then not, not a Mazda or a Pinto. It's a freaking 18-wheeler comes by and obliterates it. Yeah, it just was not meant to be. You know, the box came late. Joe forgot it. She forgets it on her car. And I think it's just that so many other things were more important than this box. When Joe's in there dealing with Gordon, it's more important than the past, right? And then when Gordon comes out and talks to her about how what she really means to him and how he really sees her, it's the box is less important than than that conversation. And then, you know, of course the box gets run over and we see how she deals with that in the end. Maybe she finally realizes that it's just not that important. Well, she should have learned is that from the semi running over the box, it's better to flatten the box before you throw them away. You get more storage in your dumpster. There you go. All right, so this is the next scene is my favorite scene of the whole show. It's Gordon talking to Haley. C- comes into her room. She's already in bed. And she, he tells her she can work on the website under two conditions. She won't let Joe push her around, tell her what to do. And she has to stop working the minute it stops being fun. I love Isn't that, that perfect? Michelle. Out of two. He gives her, like, license to be the boss. Joe is not going to push you around. You have enough 
importance and it's your idea and you have enough esteem as a person to stand up for your rights. And it has to be fun for you. You're a kid. Uh, he's protecting his daughter's age of fun having ability. Uh, and the fact that she should be, you know, she should be in charge of it. It's her project. I love this scene. I did too. I thought it was perfect. And then she's like so excited about it that she just gets up, you know? I mean, she wants to do it like right then. And then he does it. You know, he's not like, no, Haley, it's midnight. You need your sleep, which, of course, she does. She's got school and everything. But he does it with her. I, I love that. Because he remembers, see? He remembers. Remember when he used to set up all that long in the garage? Yep. I just thought it was great. So Donna's at the Geek Partners meeting, and they're talking about Rover. And Trip tells her that there's another website that could compete, and it's Comet. So Donna, next scene, has her weekly dinner meeting with Gordon. and Well, yeah, because she didn't know. She still doesn't know at that point. Am I right? Right. That's so, crazy. Michelle, would you be able to have this type of a meeting with an ex-husband? I think you have to. I, bet, having... I bet 95% of couples don't have this meeting. Well, maybe not. But, I mean, if if... If you want to raise your children, you know, you got to put everything else aside, don't you? And just kind of raise your children. Maybe on the phone or maybe, you know, quick when you're passing the handoff. But not a, a, a sit-down meeting in a, like a happy hour, like in a fun kind of, you know, they, it's like it's like almost enjoyable, these two. I'm glad they are doing that, though. And, I mean, they kind of have to for the sake of the show. But but it's it's impressive. So this is their meeting for this week, and uh, Donna tells him that Geek Company is developing a site that will compete with Comet. And uh, I guess the timing of this is important because she tells she's so condescending. She says we've already been working on the algorithm before before Joe's concept, and she offers to buy them out. And Gordon tells her that it's Haley's. It's not Joe. It's Haley. She's so freaking condescending. First of all, she stole that. She completely stole it. And I'm glad he called her on that in this. Because she did. He's like, oh, really? When did you come up with this? You know, she's like, a while ago. You know, I mean, she completely stole the idea. Yeah, but Michelle, you have to understand, a venture capitalist's job is to sniff around at conferences and events and the internet and everywhere and find deals that they can... push their way into and say, hey, you've got an interesting concept here. Have you ever thought about working with more resource? You know, they have to work their way into these deals. You don't. But sit- that's not what she did. She didn't go to Joe and go, hey, you've got an interesting idea here. Can I finance this for you? She took the idea and took it to another team. And that's the only reason that's, that she... That's the nature uh, of their job, uh, Michelle. Okay. Hey, these guys are doing this. Can we do it better? Okay, but now what's going to happen? Well, because this is profound now right this is a big deal well i'm gonna stick with my original guns and say that this is perfect for donna to leave what's the other one called rover rover and go to comet i don't know maybe it's too perfect and too cheese but i think that would be perfect donna gets out of that firm the geek firm with gets rid of freaking trip and goes and works with Haley, helps Haley with, uses her expertise with Haley. Yeah, but she's. It's either I that don't know, or do you, it's 
push back against Haley. Right. Right. But it's just like she said, she said she can't put the stop on this now, even if she wanted to, that it's bigger than her. She can't stop a geek, but she can quit a geek. Yeah, she can quit, but Rover's going to continue, even if she does. I mean, Tripp's already said he's going to pick it up. But she's also, though, Mike, in the same breath, she's saying they're going to crush you. Let us buy you because we've got the momentum. We've got the financial backing. We've got everything we need. And this is where he says, this is Haley's. How are you going to stop Haley's comment, Michelle, with a group of people that cry when they're yelled at? Everybody cries when they're yelled at. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think Donna's going to team up with Haley somehow and Gordon, and they're going to find Donna. They don't have resources at Haley's Comet, so Donna's a resource finder. She's a cutthroat money raiser now. She's going to find resources for little Haley to be, you know, big Haley. Perfect. Hopefully. I hope so, yeah. If Gordon will even let her. Gordon says, we're building this damn thing, and he leaves. And she slams her wallet down. Yep. Uh, next scene, Joe wakes up to find Cameron throwing all of the boxes now into the dumpster. Un- she's unpacking, Michelle. She sure is. Unpacking her life. Unpacking maybe more than the boxes, huh? The band's getting back together. I've seen it happen, Michelle. Well, I mean, we'll see next episode, Tanya and Nancy. Do we know who Nancy is? I don't know. I don't think I know who Nancy Donna's is. Donna's replacement at Ag Geek? I don't know. Hmm. And then after that, we've got Nowhere Man, and then a connection is made, and then Who Needs a Guy, and then episode eight is Goodwill, episode nine is Search, and the last episode is Ten of Swords. All right, Michelle, just remember these when I need them. Yeah, okay. For sure. <laughs> All right, so that's it for four or three miscellaneous. Still don't know why it's miscellaneous, but um, third episode in season four. So there's ten episodes this year? Ten episodes, yep. All right, so we're almost a third of the way through. I know. And now we're not going to be here next week because I guess maybe because of there must be something on. It's a Labor Day weekend, but we'll be back in two weeks. I'll be here next week. I'm doing a podcast whether there's a show or not. (laughs) You want to kind of like try to write. Hey, that's what you should do. You should like write your version of what happens next. By the way, everybody, check out San Junipero. Even if you don't like our podcast, you probably won't be listening to us if you don't like our podcast. (laughs) But San Junipero is a great episode of TV on Black Mirror. Um, Yeah, it really is. Cameron's in it. All right, Michelle, the exact same character as Cameron literally, here. Yeah, almost nicer, mm-hmm. maybe a little nicer. Yeah. But um, that's it for 403 Miscellaneous. Michelle, how do people reach you in Tennessee? Um, on Twitter, I'm at Michelle from TN. And I'm at Scathing Tweets. And that's all I think we got, Michelle. That's it. All right, see you two weeks away. Couple of weeks. All right, talk to you then. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Just can't leave that